0: Good morning, folks. This is Morning Black coming to you. Uh, we're, me and Byron are doing our COVID-19. I, I, I appreciate you much, Byron, for helping me with the technology so that we can bring new content to the show. Thank Welcome, you. my friend. How you doing?
1: I'm doing well. I'm doing well. we got to keep building leaders and cultural knowledge.
0: That's what we're we trying can't to let do. Go. That's what we're trying to do. This morning, we're going to talk about signs of selling out. Watch out. Signs Signs of selling out in the African-American community. We want to look at um, the leadership and the kinds of things that uh, our community would be uh, concerned about in terms of its leadership as we begin to see more and more uh, signs politically of people being approached by the POTUS and other individuals. Uh, We want to take a look at what that means in terms of sellout, sellout, signs of selling out. So first of all, let's define that. So, Mm. Byron, I'm gonna give you, 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 my my emerging uh, dictionary, dictionary, you know, encyclopedia brother. You know, I want you to give me basically your PhD definition Uh of what you mean when you say signs of selling out.
1: Yeah, no, I I would be <laughs> I wouldn't say this is a, a research, but I think this is more of a, a lived experience, lived
0: um, experience okay.
1: understanding of of that. But I I think when we say signs of selling out, it's um especially from the black community standpoint, it's are you willing to put the health and well being and growth of some other community, some other placement or yourself above that of the collective.
0: Hmm. Okay. Well, one way, one friend of mine said, I used to uh, hang out with a guy by the name of Jim Bevels mm. and he would say signs of selling out is when you put the health interests, rights and needs of African people to the side and put yourself before that or put others in other cultures before that. You know, when you, when you, you cease to be concerned about the health interests, rights, and needs of your own community, yeah. and you you more or less do what Malcolm said. Master, there's a nigga in the yard, you know, you know the the house Negro that is more concerned about the health interests, and rights, and needs of of the master than he is of his own community. Yeah. Would that do it?
1: No, that that'll do it. I think that's that's definitely the case. Mm. Mm. So,
0: so do, do you see signs of selling out today? Where do you see signs of sell, selling out oh, in the
1: community today? I think um, they're all around. I would say this. I think um, in a lot of ways, uh, they're a little more covert than we're used to. Than okay. Than what, you know, what, what I remember seeing growing up. But I think um, we see them all around. I think a lot of the times we uh, see them in more selfish ways. So how can an individual advance themselves versus their community? Or versus the things that are important to them. Um, and then I think we also see it in, in ways that um, are, um, I think in ways that are, are very demonstrative and very out front is when um, individuals are very, very clear on basically saying they're not for uh, the communities that that birthed them, that gave them life, that they don't want to see the best um, in those uh, individuals and places. Um, it's wow. it's almost like a, a a turning the back on um, those those spaces. Is this is this
0: like when we hear uh, African Americans say, uh, "Don't call me a Black American. Don't call me African American. I'm just an American. I'm you know don't don't differentiate me from the rest of the culture. I'm just a, I just want you to consider me as being part of uh, the cultural community." That's in the majority. I, I I I have a disdain. You hear some individuals say they have a disdain of being singled out as African Americans or uh, African Americans or people of color, things of that nature. Yeah,
1: yeah, I, I heard that a lot. I think I, you know I picked up some of that even in my dissertation from well-educated folks, but um, it's, it's that's that old notion. I'm not black. I'm OJ. You know, right, that's, that, right. that's, that's, that, that's, that's that that's that that's that old notion and. Um hey, you the blackest thing in the room. <laughs> but I think one of the things that that underpins that is um, people's inability to uh, right rightly divide um, the constructs of race and how self hatred has been perpetuated into somebody's psyche. But I mean, other than that, I mean, people typically also say that because they're trying to, in my opinion, they're trying to gain. Right, like the reason that I don't want you to consider me black I want you to consider me American is because I'm about to put myself in a position with the hopes of doing something with people that don't want to engage surrounding race lines the other thing that it lends to is this concept of colorblindness right I'm not I'm not I don't see me as black just see me as Byron. right like right. those those types of those types of statements that's colorblindness Um and from a oppressed racial lens, that's one of those things that you you have to take a step back and say, "Whoa, um, why would you choose to uh, go a colorblind route um, unless there were benefits uh, already stipulated to you for going that route and for using that type of ideology
0: now now this might sound naive tape, but for me that's impossible you can't do that that that's an impossible thing that you can't do you you i mean it's impossible for you not to be distinguished in this culture or in culture in general yeah i mean the, this distinguishing nature of your identity is foundational to yourself
1: yeah but like for some like that's what, that's what i'm saying right like there has to be some benefit out there that's already at play because the truth of the matter is how can you exist here historically if you wanna say, Don't see me as this? Like my how I got to this place and this point and all the things that played into that don't matter anymore. They don't have any they don't have any grounds in what we're doing now. History isn't important. I'm just flank. But but don't white people reinforce
0: that attitude though?
1: Well, I think I think I think what you see is
0: um, white people want you to be one of the one of the team, and and well,
1: but that's what I'm saying, like he's just
0: like the rest of us.
1: But that's what I'm saying, like there's some type of benefit for doing that, right? Like like you get some type of hand clap of, of praise because you ne- you're seeking that validation from people that already ascribe to some level of color blindness, right? So if you already ascribe to color blindness and you want your black friend to do, you say, oh my gosh, you're not you're not my black friend, you're just my friend. Right, right.
0: That's what yeah. I'm talking
1: about. Yeah, but I mean, the truth of the matter is, yeah. But am I not your friend who is black? Right. Yeah. If if you have a question about what's happening inside of the community that reflects my identity, because you don't see me as black, you're not going to ask me. Like mm. the, the 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 construct that you that people talk about when they assert that level of color blindness is just so asinine. Um, but it's pa- isn't that pathological? No, it's America. very sick in terms of how it's presented. And it presents, in my opinion, from this place of self-hatred. Um, so what is it on the part of Europeans
0: who do that, who uh, uh, encourage that among people of color?
1: Because, it, in my opinion, it eliminates the guilt from having to oh, look me yeah. in my face and see me as who I am. Hmm. So you kind of passing out
0: gratuities. So you 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 are um, go past jail free cards yeah, kind of
1: thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah That and yeah, just to what, make
0: a pun, but 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 a very serious one.
1: Well, but and then when we're out in public, if um, they come and they say to you, you know, to you, my Mr. Mr. White friend, they come and say to you, Hey, good sir, what would you like to have for drink? And then they turn to me and says, "Hey, there, buddy, what would you like to drink hmm. right it It allows you to just glance over that as being nominal as not being connected to anything
0: oh or that that saying you staying out of trouble right you've heard that you heard that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I know you've heard that,
1: yeah, too much,
0: right." the hell you mean? Like, you know, I'm in trouble? Is that the assumption that you have? That that I'm in trouble all the time? What? You know. So, these things, you would say, build a foundation to sell out. uh, To sell out.
1: Yeah. Because it undergirds undergirds the pathway and makes it easy to do such a thing, right? If I have a true connectedness to uh, individuals and to people, it's a little bit harder to um, to come in and, and, and navigate and, and do some of those things uh, connected to selling out, um, so
0: if you had to make a list of what you think people get when they sell out, what would the list what's at the top of the list? what's the first five things that people want when they sell out?
1: Uh, I would say the first is um, social gain
0: social gain so yeah. what we're going to do is let's see if we can give a little explanation of these of these because yeah. I think these are very important yeah social gain okay social gain. So what do you mean when you say social gain
1: so I think when, when I say social gain I mean they get to um, individuals have the ability um, to uh, go up the social ladder and to be seen the closer the closer to be seen oh. is equal
0: okay so so I I, I, I develop a valuation. I develop uh, value to the other, to the to the to the institution, to the dominant
1: group. Well, right, and I get I get I get seen in a certain way, right? Like, so if you don't see me as a black person, that means that you don't see me with all of the uh, malice and hatred that you typically would see with a black person. Hmm.
0: Okay. Okay, so first one is social game. Social game. Yeah. The second, one, I'm gonna write these down, boy. <laughs> you're teaching me. I think. look. I think.
1: What's the, the second? One? I think the the second one is um, comfort. Social comfort.
0: Social comfort. What you mean?
1: It's the it's the interesting statements that you hear. Oh, but you're not like the rest of them. We we know you wouldn't do anything like that. You're not like the rest of them, right? Like, the, people get a level of comfort surrounding um, your presence in that area.
0: Okay, I, I would change the words a bit. I would say uh-huh. social assurance.
1: Okay, why assurance? With that word? assurance yeah
0: because because um well it connects to what you're saying i you know what i'm looking for is a way to uh validate my valuation Mm -hmm. in relationship with you to assure and to to certify my social acceptance
1: Mm -hmm.
0: you know so i want more it's more than just you saying hey you cool no, no, no! I need some guarantees that you know when other Negroes come around. I'm the better Negro, mm. right? I want some assurance that I'm, the, I'm your man, right? I'm your nigga.
1: <laughs> You'll take my word over everybody,
0: right? So, Each so if one. I go, if yeah. I go in the room, if I go in the meeting room with uh, and Byron's in there and I'm in there. I know that you're gonna to listen to me before you listen to Bob. Mm-hmm. Is that you see right. where I'm at? Yeah,
1: no, hundred percent.
0: Yeah, yeah. You know, so no matter no matter if you you are a hundred percent correct in what you, your assessment of what's happening in the meeting, I want them to look to me to for interpretation. So they, yeah, what, you got me. Yeah,
1: no, I'm, no, I'm with you. I think, I think, yeah, social assurance, social, yeah, I like that. Yeah.
0: You see what I'm saying? Yeah, no, So, definitely. so, so even if you say this is how things ought to be, they're gonna look to me and say, "Well, what do you think?" And what I you... said, "Well, I, what I think Byron is saying is, and <laughs> then I interpret what you say to, put to, to, to what you say to the satisfaction of those who I want to be assured about. You got it?
1: Yeah, no, hundred percent, hundred percent. I like that, so we yeah. don't have
0: to change it. I just, you know, that's no. The best I, I just, story.
1: I just want to know, I just want to understand the assurance, like you yeah. know, social assurance. Yeah. That's like, uh, that's or it's that's, assurance
0: uh, and insurance,
1: right? You know? It's both <laughs> right. of it's both right. of everybody. The, the, you know, I, I guess you could change the the words of that old uh, hymn, "Blessed Assurance," to social assurance, huh? It's
0: social assurance, right?
1: The oppressor is mine. Oh, what the a foretaste! Fe- taste of Glory to
0: Heir of
1: salvation. Heir of these wastelands. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. got a new song going. You have to watch out. Like, this, uh, I wonder what hymns uh, sell out Um. Anyways. Oh, yeah, that, We're going to get to that. We're going to go there. We're I know. There. You going see going. how I tossed that in there? <laughs> I, love that. I love that. I love that. I love that. Number three. Number
0: no,
1: three. Number three, I think, is, is this clear financial game.
0: Right game, oh yeah.
1: So just
0: so it's it's a clear purpose. I want to make right. more money.
1: Right. Yeah, I to sell out give, give, gives allows me to make more money.
0: And in a selfish way. In, in
1: a, a selfish, selfish way, place. right? I'm, like,
0: not, I'm not trying to make more money to to distribute. I'm not doing a Robin Hood thing here, you know, or self self sacrificial. No,
1: thing it's, it's pure, clearly it's pure capitalism at its finest. If I can trade this block over here, and I get this much money is worth it. Okay. Number four. Number four. That's. I was trying to determine whether to put this one at, at, at number four or, or number five, but um, I think number four is uh, credentialing.
0: Hmm.
1: Now, I'll have to explain this one just a little bit. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. I think one of the most dangerous ways that um, folks can sell out or give up is to appreciate the education gained and the credentialing gained uh, from being in the presence of uh, the current institutions and structures versus those of um, the spaces that produce them that birth them
0: that that's so 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 to me on point in terms of why people leave the community and do not return. Why people choose regular colleges over historically black colleges. Why people are determined to get a credentialization beyond their community. would you say that's an obsession for some?
1: I would say it's, um, well, without getting into it too much, I would say that part of that is is historical in terms of pursuits, right? Like, if you want education, if you want this certification, you have to go to these institutions.
0: Right. The Harvards, the...
1: The, the Princeton's, the, the, yeah, the, the. Cornell's the, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But you have to go to the other institutions or even the, the, um, you have to go to the Aspen institution of this and, you know, for these other credentials and, and, sure. and certificates sure. and things like that. And I think, I think when I say value over, um, I'm not saying those credentials are bad because um, I have one, right? Like I have three. Right. Um, right. I'm not saying those credentials are bad, but I'm saying to value that education over um, the things that you learned from your home space, the things that you learned um, in, from, your community? in your community and from the people that look like you, to, to put those credentials as your North Star versus okay. the learning that occurred in your community is your North Star? That's selling out.
0: Okay. As a criteria of valuation, we begin to put other people's institutions above our own.
1: Yeah, and, and 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 like I said, North Star, like the thing that's guiding your life is now the credentials and what you got in that credential space versus right. and,
0: and 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 of less value is those things that were rudimentary in terms of you know, your survival, your your ability to make it as far as you
1: did. Right. And that you got from that you got from those home locations and home spaces.
0: Miss Lizzie. Grandpa. Yeah. Um
1: the black church. The black church. I I mean I I even I even go back to, you know, um, you know, even the things that like you would learn from the uh, the the ancients among us right like so we'll value the um the credentialer more than we'll value uh the wise men in our own communities
0: um oh yeah vincent harding right uh, our elders peter yeah. parrish
1: yeah yeah i mean yeah you know we'll, we'll <laughs> we,
0: just lo- we just lost we just lost the great um, um Gabriel wilmore Mm -hmm. He just passed on, you know, um, black religion, black radicalism, uh, James
1: Cone, all those heroes and sheroes, but, but even, even those like in our own community, like I'm talking about like, we'll value the credential more than we'll value grandmama, grandpa, uncle, Mr. Mr. um, Cook. Yeah. Mr. Cook. Like the, you know. So I think I think that that in and of itself the credentialing or the the getting the credential is is a form of 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 selling out. Um when it replaces our our north star, it replaces what's guiding our our, our being in our lives. Okay, and here and then, here it is.
0: Big number 5.
1: Big number 5. I think I think it's um it might be it may it, these may not be in the the correct order of of importance, but I think um Number five is: uh, we sell out when we don't trust mm. um, our community anymore.
0: Is is that something that we make an independent decision on, or is that, or is that because of forces that are in play historically and contemporarily that? is causing that mistrust, what do you think? A little bit of both?
1: I think it's probably a little bit of both. Um, I think it, it, it's a personal, it becomes individual and personal um, because we'll do it in such a way that it affects the rest. I guess that's why I put it at number five, right? Okay. Um, it's that lack of trust that forces us to go and seek social gain somewhere else, in some other community, in some other vesture. It's it's that lack of trust that, you know, we'll say, well, um, my gifts won't be appreciated back home in the same way, so I'm going to go over here and get my assurances over here and make sure I'm trusted and cared about and seen as high and and, and upright over here. I think Uh it's that lack of Uh trust that that says, I can't trust the community to take care of me, so I need to take care of myself, and so we seek that financial gain. And I also think it's it's that lack of trust that forces us to go get... Credentials and have that guide us because we don't trust where our community is guiding us. Is
0: is the lack of trust connected to loss of identity?
1: Hundred percent, a hundred percent, and and, and, okay. and not just the loss of identity, but the failure to share identity. Um, I'll I'll say this from as as the as the as the young man on the call, right? I'm 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 the young buck, right? Mm-hmm. Um. One of the da- most dangerous things that's happened is that people stop sharing the identity, right? Like, they stop sharing those things because, in my opinion, a lack of trust, right? Um, sure. It's, it's, I no longer do older and younger in our community have this connective tissue, right? That, that allows for there to be that free flow of exchange of information and care and concern and, um, in, in my opinion, um, uh, due diligence and responsibility, right? Like, um, I think probably because of the age of my parents, like, I'm probably a millennial that actually thinks more like a, a Gen Xer in a lot of ways, but, you know, I was brought up, no, you got a responsibility to those that came before you, right? You ain't got to like them. You ain't got to of them, but you do right, have a right. responsibility. You do have a responsibility. We we, talk, we
0: we bring a lot of bad habits. I'm talking about, you know, my generation, baby mm-hmm. boomers. We got a lot of lot of things we got to work through. I mean, because we were traumatized during that period of time. I mean, you know that that time that that historical period of time mm-hmm. was a time of trauma for mm-hmm. many of us. You know, so we took some pretty good hits. So yeah, yeah I wouldn't. I mean you don't have to think like I do or even operate them, you know, and uh, navigate your way the same way that I do. But hopefully you learn from the mistakes that we've made and don't remake them again.
1: Well, I think that's where I'm saying the lack of sharing, right. Even occurs in that trust, right? Like, so, um, you know, one of the things that I pride my, you know, even, you know, my, my, my dad or my father on is, um, he doesn't, he doesn't talk a lot about his childhood. He doesn't talk a lot about growing up. Right? Um, right. And, and, for, and for that fact, I mean, my grandfather didn't either. Right? There's So there begins to be, if I'm not intrigued, there begins to be a lack of continuity of, of story and of, okay. of the oral traditions of history that are getting passed from one generation to the next. Right? And so where that used to be um, something that was seen as a form of, of of history and legacy building was for fathers to teach their sons and mothers to teach uh, their sons and daughters, right? Like, and, and to tell the stories, right? This is why this tree is important in our family. A, B, C, and D happened right here or happened in this area or this is why, We keep this and we hold this in in value because of A, B, C, and D. And all those things begin to inform identity. And I think because of that lack of sharing, that lack of oral tradition and the loss of that oral tradition, and really a a strong failure to really grapple with a, a, a stronger written tradition, we've lost a lot of those things.
0: And because we don't share... Uh, it, it, it gathers the sense that you're in this situation by it kind of instigates the selloutism right. that we see because people assume hell I'm in it by myself I mean you know there's no there's no connection to the struggle to the, the, the attempts at survival to the you know the, the processes that people used and employed in order to do better I don't have that so I'll do what I gotta do
1: right you know? Yeah, like it's uh it's interesting, you know, the I heard one speaker say, "You know what? You know, young people have lost the connection to their ancestors and they just don't, you know, they don't know the stories of old anymore." And I, you know, I'm I'm sitting there thinking to myself. I was like, "It's probably cuz they don't know their ancestors. When right. Ha- when have they been introduced to their ancestors, right? When have they been thoroughly introduced to the plot of land that their ancestors toiled on? When have they been introduced to even where the bones of their ancestors are buried. And so, like, what do you, what 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 are they supposed to know? You're getting deep now, brother. You're getting you're going
0: spiritual on me now. You're going well, spiritual. You're starting to talk about Sankofa, you know. Right.
1: But how can right. how can you how can you even participate in a Sankofa lifestyle if you've never been introduced to what was behind? Woo, That's true. And so I, that's for me. And I what think, can you
0: look forward to if you, if you, you know, with the old adage, you know, he who does not know the past is doomed to repeat it. Right. Right.
1: Right. And and, and so, you know, uh, I think when, when I hear people say things like, you know, because we've seen like, you know, these, these killings, you know, week before last and hearing these stories, right, when people say they've been killing us in, in this country forever. I was like, yeah. And when have we stopped to teach our people and remember the names and introduce them to the wise and pass the plan forward of of how we're going to change this and what we're doing to change, right?
0: When there there are people who don't even know the name Trayvon Martin. You know? And he's recent history. Recent. Or or Sandra Bland. You
1: know yes yeah, yeah. People,
0: i mean i'm talking about in our community now, yeah who, who, who are not aware
1: but i mean i think i think about like i mean this was like 94 95 96 but or maybe a little bit later than that but i think about how many people don't even know the name james bird yeah
0: the guy that got drugged in, mm-hmm. in texas mm-hmm. oh yeah oh i remember
1: yeah i remember but that's what i'm saying we we we're not telling our stories, we're not telling the stories of our ancestors, right? And we can go back a little bit further, right? Because like, I can, you know, I can go and, you know, if, if I'm not careful and I'm not, you know, intentional with my children, they may never know the name Belzora Bryant mm-hmm. and, and what she did on out, out of a little house on Dot in South Dallas. They may never know if not intentional with... Um, making those connections and, and creating that understanding and allowing uh, people to connect in with that legacy, right? Well, well, I want you to do something for me right now. Mm-hmm.
0: Tell us, just give us just a little snippet of the person that you just
1: mentioned. Zora Bryant was my great grandmother, my uh, my mom's mom's mom. Uh, but she lived in South Dallas, and one of the things that she would do that I think was super important was that, first of all, um she had she owned her home in, in South Dallas. And so one of the things that she would do is folks were coming from East Texas, from the country, as we call it, into the city. You wouldn't they wouldn't necessarily have a place to live and necessarily have the means to have a place to live. And so one of the things that she would do, she would rent out room in her house to people that were like coming to the city and trying to develop themselves and trying to, you know, make a go at it, an honest go. At it, and so she would rent rooms. Well, she had ended up renting rooms to like people that went on to be like state senators and things of that nature in the, in, in the state, like that are made you know, we we consider in black history. Like, they, like, I remember at her, uh, she lived to be 104, so I remember at her 100, 100 year celebration, her centennial birthday party. Like, we we're just getting like these huge, like, you know, gifts and presents from people, and I'm like, like we called her Fanny Bell, but like it was like Fanny Bell knew all these people and my grandma was like, Yeah, he used to stay out of the back house. Like, we didn't think he was gonna make nothing of himself. Next thing you know, he's he's working for the state or like he's the mayor of this this city or different things like that. And so her presence as a giver, as somebody that, you know, connected to people and allowed people to have a space to transition into their greatness was huge. Um and, you know, that was just kind of part of her ministry. Um, I think at the same time, she was she was also, you know, somebody that didn't forget people easily. Um, so one of the things that she would do every other week, and she would go out to the jails. Like she would, I mean, I think this was going till she was about 103 for sure. She would go out to the jails and check on the prisoners. Now, wow. part of that is that, you know, Unfortunately, you know, on parts of our family, we have a lot of connective tissue um, to that, that area of, of life in America. And so, um, you know, that connectivity of not forgetting people in spaces and not um, making, making sure people aren't just forgotten was something that I think she did incredibly well.
0: One of the things we, we might want to do with this platform is to have a segment. Take five or ten minutes mm. and just present people like that mm-hmm. you know everyday folk who made extraordinary differences in our communities there are hundreds nay, hundreds of thousands yeah. and and many many more of individuals I mean enough to feel this for years to come oh, you know? yeah. and uh, I mean I think that would be a great kind of addition to morning black you Yo. know. I I'll, I'll present it, you know, and you know, just just a five minute kind of thing. This is what this individual did. This is what he or she contributed to community. This is how uh um, their their efforts have molded and shaped the kind of people that we are. Right. Maybe we could do that, maybe we could put our heads together on that.
1: Yeah, no, no, we should. We we have to. We have to. Um Gotta we, do that. Gotta do that. That's what builds trust back into the community.
0: Look at that, look at that. Came up with an idea. Now Let's get back to. Our pro- what's our time like? Are we good?
1: Oh, I think we're doing all right. I think we got about twenty-five minutes left. Good.
0: Let's talk about how these five uh, perspectives of selling out play yeah. themselves out in different arenas in uh, in society and in our community. Mm-hmm. So, if you saw these at uh, operating in Education, how would you see them operating in education? How do you see the sellout operating in education?
1: Well, I mean, definitely the credentialing is high, right? Like, okay. So uh, I think that's one of the ways that you see that in education. I think the um, probably the um, social assurance is, is, is one that's also high, right? Like I need to engender myself to the people that are in power. I, th- I think it, it potentially starts off as something maybe a little bit more um, a little bit more nuanced but can okay. fall into the the point of selling out. Like I think the nuance piece is, um, you know, kind of stemming back to the the construct of the talented tenth. Right, we need to get into these positions so that we can um, cover our people and make sure people have access and do things of that nature. Right, like I think that's the mindset that often goes into it, but along the way, um, getting the position becomes more important than what the position is supposed to do and we end up harming the outcome of the position that we're trying to get, right? We end up harming the outcome that we're actually looking for. But I see it so often though, man. I mean, you know, in, in my brief
0: tenure in in, in the academia, you know, I never, I never, you know, purported to be an academician. You know, I was basically a guy that came in, was teaching some, you know, had some skills, practical skills they kind of attached themselves to some classes and then, you know, it worked out. You know, year after year, you know, I could continue to do what I was doing. But as I watched young people and older people move through the institution that I, and I only have one perspective, which is Valparaiso University. No, I got two perspectives. I got Indiana University Northwest too. Mm -hmm. Uh, It seems, it seemed like at the point that African Americans in particular got to a place where they got that credentialization that it was almost an obsession to be accepted. And, uh, and and you know, it's, it was almost, it was very rare to find people who would say, um, take a genuine time out for the students of color. You know, that most folks were navigating their own little ship toward, you know, more social assurance and what you say it's social social gain. Mm-hmm. You know, um, how has it been for you? I mean, you know, like you say, you're a young Turk. You know, you you see it differently. Is your generation any different than what I've seen through the years? Because it seems like to me, it, say maybe out of ten, there might be one or maybe two people who would, who would have a genuine interest in saying, "I'm not. I'm not so much worried about." Whether or not I have longevity at the institution, or I, you know, I'm accepted in certain circles at the institution, I'm just here for these kids. I'm just here for these kids of color in particular, and not ashamed of saying that, not not feeling like they have to be apologetic about saying that, but just simply saying, "Hey, you know, you know, some people are here for some things. I'm here for this." It's been very rare, that in my tenure, that I've seen that. How about
1: yours? Yeah, I would say it's see the part of it is I'm I am career driven in a lot of ways right like so uh, I I want to have an effective career and I think a lot of people my age they're, they're thinking to themselves like I need to have an effective career because yeah I need to make sure I keep food on the table right and make sure well, I mean- I'm able to, like Take care of all these loans that we have now. You know.
0: Well, well, I think that's legitimate. I mean, you yeah. know, I don't think that's illegitimate. Oh, oh yeah, yeah.
1: But I think what in that is saying is uh, when I when people approach an institution, they have two competing interests, right? Because right. of because of the shape and the and the the culture of institutions, right? Especially predominantly white institutions, right? The predominantly white institution in and of its own culture is not meant to support uh, the healthy identity development and education of underrepresented oppressed folks. It is not meant for that. Historically, it wasn't built to do those things, right? And so there, there's like, what, maybe 30, uh, 30 institutions that have that as their primary mission and structure inside the entire nation. And so- wow. because because that's not the because that's not the mentality, right? Because that's not why the institutions were built. Um, as a as a person of color coming into, um, more specifically as a black person coming into a predominantly white institution, you have competing interests. I want to do well with my career, which means that I need to do well at the institution, and um, I'm concerned about black folks that tried down the same path pathways as I did, right? And those. Okay. And and if you don't come in clear that those two pieces are often opposed to each other, right? If you don't come in with that level of clarity, they're going to clash, and that's where you see some of the oh, there's an indifference it seems like on one end, and and over here it seems like there's a lack of a clarity on another end, and so I think I think it's uh, it's way more I think it's way more complicated than we often talk about it, but if you're a person of color at a predominantly white institution, you come in conflicted. You if, come
0: in conflicted. Yeah,
1: especially if, if you're relatively conscious and, and relatively aware of the historical um, backing of that particular institution as well as just the construct of higher education in America. like You you come in conflicted to a certain extent. Do you,
0: do you resolve it, or do, do you just stay conflicted?
1: Um, I haven't resolved it yet. Um, ten folks, that, so, know, so
0: what So, what keeps you healthy?
1: I I don't see conflict as um, a constant state of being unhealthy. Okay. So I, I would I would say that first. I think the other thing is um, the reliance, and this is why I go back to um, not letting the credentials take your north star, because uh-huh. your north star has to be the thing that's informing your work every single day, right? Like, your North Star. Like, you have to look in the mirror at yourself and say, here's what's guiding why I do what I do. And um, feel
0: good about that. And feel good about what it is that you do.
1: Yeah. Well, at least and at least be healthy, right? Like, so, like, there's not a, yeah. a trail of, of guilt and shame okay. behind what you do day in and day out. Right,
0: right. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. You see, lot, Absolutely. I, my, what I found is a lot of people feel shame um, about what they're doing day in and day out, because they've lost their north star that's guiding their 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 goal set, and so they come in conflict with whatever's guiding their goal set, and they have to turn their backs on something in order for their north star to feel comfortable, because they've changed and shifted their north star.
0: Wow, wow it's it's not pointing north any longer.
1: Well, and you, and
0: you, you thought you was following the drinking gourd, and you. <laughs> 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 He was going to Florida instead of Canada boy. yeah you over here
1: you over here following Haley's comment you ain't even <laughs> oh
0: Jesus <laughs> okay speaking of Jesus what about the religious community I yep. mean how does it how does this sell out thing work in the faith community
1: yeah I, I think that's a tough one right that's a question for you um uh, I, I, I don't know how to answer that. I, I think...
0: Yeah, you two, Church of God. Come on now.
1: Oh, no, 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 no. Church of Christ. I, you know I, I, Church of Christ. I don't want I don't want any of my coaching brothers and sisters running up telling me I ain't certified now. Um, okay. <laughs> uh, but I think one of the things that I think we see in religious communities that, that leads to selling out is um, wanting... The bigger and better thing. Always wanting um, something. The lack of being content inside of uh, where you are and the work that you're doing. Um,
0: a lack of contentment by a spiritual
1: leader. Yeah. How does that work? Not well.
0: Yeah. I mean, you know, because the whole premise is is that you find peace, right?
1: Well, right. But I think we see a, a lack of contentment. Now, it, it, it may not be expressed publicly in that fashion, right? I mean, often I, I think it's expressed publicly as, you know, we're just trying to expand the word and, and make sure that it reaches the corner of the earth and right, to, right. to ensure that nobody goes without hearing the word of God. We're saving souls here. Brother Greg, we're saving souls, and the truth of the matter is, yeah. But so is the church down the street, right? Like, so why do you have to be in competition? Why does, why does, why does your way have to be the ultimate way? Why does, why does the way you see things have to be the ultimate way? You know, and and and, and I think we see this historically, right? I think we see this just a sure number of of what what we would call church splits. Sure, right. So. That 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 occur inside of, especially inside the the black community, and I mean, truthfully, inside the white community too. The number of church splits is amazing. I mean, if you look at oh, the yeah. number of Lutheran churches in Valpo. Valpo ain't big enough to have this mean Lutheran church, but got like twelve hundred. <laughs> now, why does it have it's all 90. these Lutheran churches? Because apparently, some Lutherans can't get along either. It's
0: a lot, but I don't think it's twelve. <laughs> I don't think it's twelve. Not right. twelve hundred.
1: But apparently, there's there's some Lutherans that can't get along either, right? Like I mean,
0: absolutely, absolutely. You
1: know. there's you know, a bunch of them
0: that can't get along. And but okay, so you would say then that the religious leadership that responds to sellout are individuals who are not satisfied or you know lack contentment in terms of the position that they have.
1: Yeah, and and I would say yeah, they don't they they're not content, right? And I don't think that, you know, I don't I don't want to I don't want folks to get contentment confused with complacency, because uh-huh. I don't ever think you know, uh, people that are following after God should ever be complacent. But I do think that there has to come a point where you are content, um, saying this is my ministry, this is my ministry space, and I'm not going to hold up as sacrifice what I'm doing, right. So that I can go and be seen or be viewed in some other space and some other caveat. It it
0: was scary what I saw with the POTUS and and, and the religious leaders uh, several days ago. Right. Right, where they he he had them in a room and it was like he had them arrested. You know, <laughs> you know, it was like he had their attention for real, for real, and like hmm, nobody was raising any questions. Nobody was asking, you know, some of the important things that. Maybe a circle like that would have allowed them to ask. It seemed like everybody was just attentive to what was being said. So it, it concerns me that, you know, leadership can so quickly be gathered and put in, in that particular position. Um, you know, and 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 still claim that, you know, that they are doing what they're supposed to be doing. I mean, you know, I don't know. Yeah. What do you think? I mean, I know that's, I'm being biased there. I know there's all sorts of opinions inside of that. But just seeing, given the kinds of things that, you know, we've been confronted, you know, not putting the the former president's picture up, you know, uh, some of the rescinding of some of the stuff for, you know, the the historical black colleges, all that kind of stuff that's been going down of late, you know, even amid this corona kind of stuff, seems like we would have a different kind of response.
1: Yeah. I think... In 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 those rooms, um, I'm very weary of what happens when the cameras are on. Yeah. And I'm very weary of what happens when the cameras are off. Mm. Right? And, and I think that's, you know, the, the lack of knowledge about both of those is one of those things that it gives me a little bit of pause, right? Like, yeah. <clears throat> I don't, I don't want to judge too quickly or jump to any unhealthy conclusions but it forces me to think of a couple of things the first thing it forces me to think about is um, what does it what does it what does it mean for um, leaders in the church to get summoned to a space to a space occupied by the state or by the the, the powers that be, and to not make clear their agenda beforehand. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I I would agree with that. I would agree with that.
0: And and, and I don't want to rush to a judgment. I agree with you. I don't want to rush to judgment either. But it causes me great concern. You know, as as a a person who has been in a position of pastoring. You know, uh, what what would that space mean for me? And you know what you know why would I be in that space unless I was clear about, you know, what my motivations and intentions would be inside that space. Yes. Yeah. Let's let's move on to uh, politicians. What do you think about black politicians today? And do you think uh, I mean <laughs> I mean how they doing? I mean are, are they selling that? Are they I mean how I mean where they at? I Who
1: think, are you with? <laughs> I think. think politicians and anytime you're talking about black politics it's such a hard conversation because I think there there are some that have good motives but as we said once before I don't know if this was on a show or maybe at a forum but you can't exist outside a community for a elongated period of time and still look in the mirror and look in the face of that community and say you still know what they want and what they need you can't do that you can't have existed outside of that community for so long and say, "I know what is needed um, in that community. I I speak competently and confidently for this community," um, and, and and you haven't been there in a while, right? Like so, twenty years. Twenty years. Well, right. It'd be problematic, right? Like I I I'll, I'll, I'll give this example, right? It's, it's, it's highly problematic for me to say to uh, my family's home in Texas here's what you better be doing right now during this COVID time and maybe operate this way. And I haven't been to, you know, I haven't lived permanently in Texas for about six, seven years. That seems a little obtuse. Same with our politicians. Like golly, you haven't been here in in some of these communities at at all in in, in a really long time. And so um, I think that divestment from time spent doesn't allow for there to be a clear, Picture. I think the way our um, political system is set up in this country, that is par for the course, right? Like, so I'm not saying they're doing anything that other people aren't doing, right? I think I think this happening with all our political leaders, with black, white, and everybody in between, right? Like, I think um, they're out of touch with these communities and they're just using them when it's time to get used. And so, one of the things that I, th- I think that good leaders do is they surround themselves with people and and the community and, and members of the village that can keep them grounded, keep them whole and keep their target in the right place. And so keep their,
0: keep their perspective, help them keep, keep their, their perspective,
1: perspective. Right. And so I, I've i stopped in the past years looking at um, the politicians themselves. And I started to look at the people that are surrounding the politician. Who's on the committee? Absolutely. Who's on the groups? Right. Who's? Who who are they hanging with, and who are they getting their their, their spend their time with, right? Who's who's on the ground? Who's, who's on who's, the ground? Who's who's on the ground with them, and how they informing their their politic, and how they informing you know how they think in the world, and 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 what are they doing? You know, I think that is what's more important, right? I've to a certain extent, I've stopped. You know, I, I learned this you know through my dissertation process. I stopped judging university presidents. On what the university mm-hmm. presidents do, and I started judging them on who they hire. Who okay. who they hire tells me more about that university president than anything else. That tells me because exactly what I need to know. It tells me what they believe in. It tells me how they operate and what they see in the world. So I don't need I don't need to know anything else besides who they're hiring. If you show me who they're hiring, I can tell you just about everything that that university president actually cares about.
0: Yeah, because they could say anything.
1: You know, that's
0: that, That's the nature of the position.
1: 100%. Is for you
0: to, you know, say whatever you need to say in order to to gain the crowd. We see that already, but who you put around you, is is what affects the institution.
1: Hundred percent.
0: So where are we now? So where are we now? Where and where will, will we be in the future as it comes to sellout theory? You know, this is part of. <laughs> I mean, this is a good one. I mean, I really think it's important. I mean, you know, I, I, yeah. I, I don't know who's listening, but I mean, you know, for our community, these kinds of conversations are essential for us to, you know, grow and become, and and we need this kind of platform so that we can evolve the kind of conscious intelligentsia that can respond to these matters in a very positive way. So, you know, um, how do you think this this kind of conversation will advance itself in the future, Byron?
1: Yeah, I think that's a... Really good question. I think one of the things that we have to be mindful of as we advance to the future is that somebody's not a sellout just because they're doing things that we don't like, right. or they're they're moving the community forward in a direction that we don't think is necessarily the best. They're a sellout because they stop caring about the community altogether, mm. right? Yeah, like yeah. I, if. I, I have i i have black friends that are republican and i'm i'm fine with that like i'm fine with the fact that they're republican right um now i, I appreciate them when they come to me and say hey i aint vote for this guy well, you, you better not had that 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 shows me that you don't care about the community altogether but you know they're they're republican they they're, they're I mean fiscal conservatives um and and socially they're they're, they're conservative as well right i'm I'm actually a fiscal conservative, but a social liberal, if you're going to put it into some type of box, right? Uh-huh. And so I just think we should be, I think we should spend less money, but we should be spending our money on things that matter, you know, and, and not makes on sense things that make. And so that that's fine, right? As long as you're still situating that thought and situating that information, how you're seeing the world in the community and from the community standpoint, and you think it's going to move the community somewhere healthy, I, I really don't have any beef with you. And so that's why I'm, uh, you know, one of the things that like you'll rarely hear me do is like be in a space where I'm gonna call out and and and, and talk bad about uh, another black leader, right? Like I, I don't I don't feel that that's healthy to the black community. I don't think it I don't think it's gonna help us get where we need to go, right? Like I, to tell you, to tell you the truth, um, I think that's one of the most unhealthy things that we picked up on. Is that we, um, we 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 feel the tensions amongst other black leaders is, is like, like, hey, I call them out, and that's to protect the community. No, like I mean, you're really wasting time, right? If you think that person's little platform is gonna hurt us, it's just a different level of thought. I keep thinking, like I, I just I don't agree with the thought. I don't have to call that out. What I have to call I mean, out is gross and 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 uh, devilish intentions of leaders who don't have. The best interest of the community at hand—that right. is You're... what needs to get called out. That is a systemic injustice piece. That is where I need to spend my time and my energy. But not that—that's that's a very
0: nuanced difference, though. I mean, I want you to—I mean, you say a little bit more about that because it's a difference between calling somebody out by name because that's something that you feel you need to do, as opposed to identifying. Uh, the error that people are making and saying, look, I disagree with this particular thing. I understand why you want to move forward on it, but you know,
1: yeah, I think, you know. I, I think the difference is, um, and, Karen, and
0: I, I heard the bell. So it looks like we got, what, a few
1: minutes. We got about three minutes. All right. So but, it's on you. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> no, it's on us, brother. <laughs> it's on us. No, I, th- I think the nuance, I think the nuance difference is that if, if, you have a genuine care for the community and you've situated yourself in that community to speak, uh, clearly it just comes from a different mindset and a different way of thinking about the world and navigating this thing, then I don't have that's any okay. beef with you. You're okay. You're okay by me. Now, I, I, I can say I don't agree with that and I, and I won't like necessarily go to your functions or something like that. That's, that's, that's not the same as um, somebody who is saying, you know what, let me undercut um, the community, and let me not base um, these things inside the, the, the things that are going to be healthy for the community. That is a different thing while also praying and getting support from the community. That's a different thing. I'll call that out. And so, okay. I'll, 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 I'll put it like like this, right? Like so, I have, you know, you see these public intellectuals that oftentimes don't get along and they're calling each other out. Like so, You, you hear about, you know, the West and the Eric Dyson's, you know, not getting along yeah. anymore, or you hear about um, the, you know, you hear about, um, you know, this writer here, not...
0: Smiley, that kind of stuff. Yeah, like,
1: you hear about that. I don't have time for that, right? Like I don't yeah. have time for, um, you know, like Umar Johnsons calling out such and such. I mean, that's a yeah. waste of time. Like I there, know. there is enough white supremacy for us to be fighting. Then we can figure out our own shit. But like, I mean, the truth of why am I, why am I taking time and energy? away from really the the true goal to try and say, Nope, this is the way we need to go. I there are how many of us that exist in these United States? Great. Some's gonna have to get into the, the Greg Jones car to get there, some is gonna have to get into the Umar Johnson car, some are gonna have to get into the Tavis car, some are gonna have to get into the West car, some are gonna have to get into the into the Byron Michael Eric car? Dyson car, somebody gonna have to get into the Byron car to you know, like some gonna have to get you know into the Dr. Tanya Bryce car. Like, like we could just go down the line. Like, I, I don't sure. care. Uh, I know we're not gonna get there in one vehicle. It's gonna be a carpool. We need to be in the same direction, though. <laughs> as long as we go the same direction, as long as the people we're picking up <laughs> are the same. I don't care, right? You, you might, you might, you might like to drive on the edge of the road. I don't care. Like, you might, you might be more of the peaceful kind, and you like, hey, I believe in public tra- transit. Let me get in a bus. Great. I don't care. I just need to make sure that you're aligning your with saying we got to pick our folks up and move them to a better place of being inside of this context um, and even well, out you of you heard this it context. here.
0: At WVLP, Morning Black, thank you, Byron, for that wonderful, wonderful sharing. And uh, I think this is a good topic. I think we need to gather platforms to, to be able to do that. I'm especially excited about maybe featuring... Uh, People who have contributed to the community, uh, you know, that we could do each week, you know, a set that we could probably do and just feature some folks. But until next time, join us again for Morning Black, where we'll talk about other provocative topics and programs, processes, and issues for our people. Until next time, Morning Black.